0: Greetings and welcome to this episode of Sojourn of Souls. Here, Sojourn of Souls, we want to extend to everyone throughout the world a joyous and blessed Easter. Yes, this is a wonderful season of the Church here. Yes, He is risen. We are delighted to count all of you as our part of our company as we trek together in this world, so we can live eternally with God in the next. Just a reminder. If you find that traveling with us is useful, we encourage you to follow us and share our podcast, Soldier Souls, with your friends and family. You are our only sales force, so don't be shy about spreading the word. Hi, I'm Deacon Tim Vaughn, and in this podcast, I'm going to ask the all-important question. Why is biblical reading important, and how does it pertain to understand the Catholic as a covenant faith? St. Jerome answers this question well, regardless of our personal scriptural knowledge. He says, The scriptures are shallow enough for a babe to come in and drink without fear of drowning, and deep enough for theologians to swim in without ever reaching the bottom. So any of us can study scripture. And so in this podcast, we're going to be beginners in studying the covenants. So I'll give you a brief overview of each covenant and hope that you would want to swim deeper into waters in your study. Regardless of where you are in your biblical knowledge, let us begin by praying to God, the Our Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, we're going to look at two terms before we start. And it's important to know vocabulary when we read scripture. So it's important that you learn the vocabulary of scripture. So what is a covenant or testament? These terms originally referred to as a formal agreement between two parties with obligations on each side and consequences for breaking the agreement. A testament is later also used to refer to the written covenants between God and the Jewish and or Christian people as contained in the Old Testament and or the New Testament. So before we begin, we have to understand that covenants were important long before Jesus established the Catholic Church in fulfilling the new covenant according to Catholic answers. So today we're going to look at the six covenants that we find in the Catholic faith. Now, you may see that you may have other theologians with different um, directions as far as the number of covenants. But I took these out of the catechism. So we're going to look at these on why they are able to build on each other and why they are important to our faith. So remember, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be beginners in studying the covenants. So we're not going to go deep into each covenant. But I'm going to give you a taste of each covenant so you can study it further because that is the purpose of this podcast, to help you to study further in your faith. So the first covenant, which was with Adam, as the husband, God created Adam and Eve in God's image and were given dominion over the animals. They were given the gift of relationship with each other and the ability to bear children and expand the race over the old earth. So, as we see in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 54, it states, God who creates and conserves all things by his word provides men with constant evidence of himself in created realities, furthermore wishing to open up the way to heavenly salvation. He manifested himself to our first parents, from the very beginning. He invited them to imitate communion with himself and clothe them with resplendent grace and justice. That basically sums up the covenant between God and Adam. And God promised in this covenant marriage will bear fruit and descendants will fill the earth. The second covenant is with Noah as the father. And with Noah as the father we moved up from husband and wife to now a family. God established a covenant with Noah and his descendants never again to flood the earth, destroying all of life, as we read in Genesis 9, verse 9. This covenant is established with all of humanity. Paragraph 56 of the Catechism says, After the unity of the human race was shattered by sin, God at once sought to save humanity part by part the covenant with Noah after the flood gives expression to the principles of the divine economy toward the nations. In other words, towards men grouped in their lands with each other and his own language, by their families, and in their nations. In God's covenant with Noah, he made a rainbow in the as a sign of that covenant. Never again shall all creatures be destroyed by, the, by a flood, there should be never another flood to devastate the earth, God said. The third covenant with Abraham as his chieftain. God established a covenant with Abraham that he would make a great nation of his descendants, through which the whole world would be blessed. On his part, Abraham had to leave the land of his youth and entered into the promised land to him. Abraham and his descendants also were required to circumcise all male descendants. From the Catechism, paragraph 59, In order to gather together scattered humanity, God calls Abram from his country, his kindred and his father's house, in Genesis 12, 1, and makes him Abraham, that is, father of the multitude of nations. In you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. The fourth covenant is with Moses as the judge. The Israelites will be God's chosen and precious people. Acting as a representative for Israel, Moses ascends the mountain to hear the terms of God's covenant with the people. He promised to make Israel a holy kingdom, a priest that will spread his blessings and glory to all nations. The Israelites will be God's precious and chosen people the Catechism, paragraph 62. After the patriarchs, God formed Israel as his people by freeing them from slavery in Egypt. He established with them a covenant of Mount Sinai and through Moses gave them his law so that they would recognize him and serve him as one living and true God, the provident God and just judge, and so that they would look for a promised Savior. Under Moses, God established a holy nation to keep God's laws and the commandments. The fifth covenant, the Davidic covenant, as David as king. God established a covenant with David that the Messiah would come from David's descendants, as we read in 2 Samuel 7. In the Catechism, paragraph 64, it says, Through the prophets, God forms his people in the hope of salvation in the expectation of a new and everlasting covenant intended for all to be written on their hearts. This is an unconditional covenant made between God and David through which God promises David and Israel that the Messiah would come from the lineage of David and the tribe of Judah and would establish a kingdom that will endure forever. We see this lineage as we look and read the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. And it shows the establishment of the house of the royal line of David. And it is important in establishing Jesus' and his ancestry and identity as the Messiah from the house of David that would come to save Israel. The last covenant, the Messianic Covenant, Jesus as the royal high priest. Under the new covenant, Jesus Christ provided his own body on the cross as a sacrifice that would purify once and for all time those who have faith. It is written in Hebrews 10, verse 10. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ on Calvary, God has unleashed in the new covenant which he promised to Israel through Ezekiel so long ago, each and every covenant was made up to this point, has been merely a foreshadowing of this new covenant which encompasses all the previous covenants. St. John of the Cross, rising the ascent of Mount Carmel, in giving us his Son, his only word, for he possesses no other, he spoke everything to us once in this sole word and he has no more to say because what he spoke before the prophets in parts he has now spoken all at once by giving us the all who is his son any person questioning god or desiring some vision or revelation will be guilty of not only a foolish behavior but also of offending him by not fixing his eyes entirely upon christ by living with the desire or some other novelty. The Catechism sums this all up very nicely in the paragraphs between 70 and 73. Beginning in paragraph 70, Beyond the witnesses to himself that God gives in created things, he manifests himself to our first parents, spoke to them, and after the fall, promised them salvation in Genesis 3.15, and offered him his covenant. God made an everlasting covenant with Noah and all living things, in Genesis 9.16, and it will remain in force as long as the world lasts. God chose Abraham and made a covenant with him and his descendants. By the covenant God formed his people and revealed his law to them through Moses, Through the prophets, he prepared them to accept the salvation destined for all of humanity. And lastly, God has revealed himself fully by sending his own son in whom he has established his covenant forever. The son is his father's definite word. So there will be no other further revelation after him. While not all biblical scholars agree on every detail regarding these biblical covenants, someday there are, some say that there are five covenants, some say there are seven, it doesn't matter. What is most important, regardless of the story, the Bible is quite a fascinating book to read as we look at it in the context of human history from the Garden of Eden to Christ on the cross. We see all the great characters of the Old Testament, Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and David, and all with a personal relationship with God. Then in the New Testament, Jesus, who is the second person of the Trinity, we have a personal relationship with him. As St. John of the Cross says, we must have our eyes entirely on Christ. Now, it is our job to take this knowledge of just skimming the surface and now to take this knowledge and run with it. Go deeper and deeper into the waters to learn more about the story of Scripture through each covenant. So I hope that I've stirred and piqued your interest a little bit into our covenants of faith. Excuse me, I've got a bad cold. But delve further into these covenants. Study them. Learn more about the scripture that way. So let us pray a Hail Mary to our beloved Blessed Mother who was present with Jesus his entire life here on earth. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And remember Jesus' words, Wide is the road to destruction. So we remind you to stay on the path. And we ask that St. Raphael, the archangel of travelers, God speed you on your sojourn.